last week was was really powerful and very moving. Um, and for those of you who were here, there were a lot of things that were shared in the chat um, that were beautiful. They were affirming and they lifted our spirits. And there are moments like this that are deep and powerful. And you think, wow, can anything be any more, any better than this moment? And, um, and so we think like, could we live on that all the time? Could we live in that place of just always having this wonderful sense of wholeness, this wonderful sense of connectedness? Even perhaps beginning to believe that the truth of what we've written down could be could be for us could be real, and <clears throat> and so this morning what I want to talk about is a little bit of a little bit about that. There's the sort of fire or the explosion, and we like we like the sort of sometimes that really wonderful experience where there's fire, there's sizzle, there's there's something really moving about the moment, and then. We also capture that. We need the machinery. And the machinery or the structure is what captures that. And so you can imagine in a traditional uh, gasoline engine, there's the explosion, right? And the explosion is, if there was only an explosion, there would be nothing much more than that. There'd probably be a whole lot of, wow, that was fascinating for those of us who like fire and explosions. That was interesting. Um, but then what? Then what? And so the yeah are some of the things that Paul talks about here in, in Thessalonians. There's both the here's what I see in you, here's what I believe in you, and I know this is true of you. And then there is okay, here's some instructions <laughs> to do. Um, and so that's what I want to look at is in First Thessalonians four, and uh, we'll look at this uh, verses nine through 12. And uh, we're calling this no drama. Uh, no drama, no drama, and hopefully something instead of drama, which is what I want to look at. Um, so 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 9. And here, now about your love for one another. We do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do love all of God's family. Yet, we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Now, here's the instruction part. Should mind your own business and work with your own hands so that you may lead or so that your life may win the respect of outsiders, and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So once again, quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands, uh, so that you win the respect of others, and you won't be dependent on anyone. Now that sounds like, okay, you know, that's not exactly the kind of message that we'd, we'd hope to hear, you know, to us ever being said to us, hey, listen, lead a quiet life, mind your own business, do your own work with your own hands. <laughs> um, how many of you feel fuzzy by that? That's just so inspirational, right? It's just like, yes, thank you, Paul. 
wow, that felt so good. I just want to worship right now. I want to put my hands up. I just, I'm feeling it. Uh, unlikely, it feels rather, you know, dry, a little bit like ouchy. And, you know, you just sort of read it and want to move on, right? But actually in here is something really profound. Uh, something I've discovered, I find all the time um, in my work of lifting up people. I think you would probably, uh, you will probably too. Um, and that's what I want to look at this morning is how dynamically powerful this is as machinery to capture some of the really good stuff that Paul is seeing happening within. Uh, and that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, you guys are really loving to each other. You're treating each other well. There's a lot of good stuff here. And so what he's saying is, I see it, right? Instead of saying it's not there, here's what you need to do. You know, here's what's missing in your life. And this is what you should have. Let's start with what is wrong with you or what's missing with you. What he starts with is you already have it, right? We talked about this last week. You already have it. Now, what I want to do is kind of rain a little bit on your seed so that it grows. Um, and so I'm going to give you some machine. You can continue doing this as action that will generate even more of this experience of love between you two and all of you, between all of you together. That's what's going on here. And so he says, I see the love that, got, that you have for each other. You don't, I don't need to tell you what to do here. I just need to encourage you, keep doing it, go further, uh, do more of it because that's who you really are. Um, and so when he says, here's the deal, um, you know, is starting out with that. And leading a quiet life essentially means at least to my mind, means that it is a life that is free from a need, the need for conflicts, the need for mental stimulation, noise, news, lots of talk, lots of stuff just always happening in our minds. And fourthly, for constant attention, okay? So the need for drama, the need for conflicts, the need for mental stimulation, and the need for attention. These are fairly constant within most of us. I hate drama. I hate drama. But our lives are, seem to find, we seem to find drama. We seem to be surrounded by it, right? Um, that happened to me a few years ago. I realized, like, why are always having drama? I don't like it, but it seems to always be around me. Then I find out, oh, there's these subtle behaviors that I'm doing that are coming from a place of needing something outside of my juices going to keep me interested, to keep me uh, fired up. <laughs> uh, and so it's weird. Sometimes you're, you're, you're going to find subtle behaviors, you know, when you look close enough where you're the some of that, or you're at least feeding into it, you know, and that's a need that we have sometimes to be distracted from our own lives, right? There's other distractions from our own lives. The distraction of, as I said, um, of like things like conflicts. Uh, so, uh, you know, drama is like, oh, someone else's stories and all this stuff, and we're getting into it. And conflicts are like, I need to have you know, I'm finding myself not needing or liking it, but I'm always finding myself in someone else, right? Um, 
And it's and, and it seems to be there's the problem. They are the problem. That person's the problem. Their behavior is the problem. The way they do this is the problem. The fact that they said that, the fact that they can't get unstuck over here, all of these now are my problem. Right. You ever feel that like everybody, everybody's problems around you are now your problems. <laughs> it's like, dang it. I don't want if I didn't have your problems, I'd be free. I, I wouldn't have any of my own. unlikely. Um, but that's a lot of our experience is we find ourselves sometimes having conflicts. Um, and they don't have to be explosive conflicts. They just can be very just mild sort of conflicts, but finding ourselves caught up in some of these other distraction, mental stimulation, talking to someone the other day who was saying, yeah, every time I go for a walk or a run, I need to have some, something playing. And I said, oh, I totally relate. <laughs> like that was, I couldn't mow the lawn with what's going on and me listening to something or a book. And some of that's really good because you're repurposing things that don't require a whole lot of thought and you can do something and reclaim it in a positive way. But I would also find it to be something of a distraction too. Like I need a distraction, mental stimulation to keep me from thinking about the things or doing the things that I needed to uh, to do. And so conversate, lots of conversations, uh, lots of noise in times are good indication um, sometimes of that need for distraction. And then finally, attention, you know, needing the attention on us, needing people to love us, needing to be something is missing and I'm trying to get it from the outside. Once again, oftentimes because of um, an avoidance of some sorts that, you know, I need this from other people. And so when, when Paul says, lead a quiet life, he is saying there are things that we're distracting and creating noise in our lives. This is what I'm interpreting from him, that are creating noise in our lives and then create noise in our immediate environment. Because if it creates noise in us, it creates noise in our environment. And then it creates this noisy atmosphere within so within society, within groups, within churches, within families. And oftentimes all this noise, this distraction, this lack of quiet, lack of calm is the result of that. Spiritual masters, leaders, those who have really, I'm not talking TV personalities that are making a poop load of money off of selling books. and I'm talking about people that are really doing the work of living close to God. <laughs> These talk a lot about the discipline of living a quiet life and they value it at a deep level. And many of them pull away from society to spend days in solitude and in silence. And they talk about that and how powerful that is for restoring their own souls and restoring a balance and a harmony to themselves. And uh, as much as I dislike that, um, I, I discipline myself to do that. <laughs> it's not fun. I have to do that. And I find it's effective, very effective at restoring that inner quiet. And see, I, what I think Paul's talking about is not, hey, you guys are so noisy. Could you be quiet? And you guys doing such great work, but you know, could you be quiet? It's not about that. It's about an inner quietness that then displays itself in a quietness of uh, that, that's, that's sort of a peaceful quietness, mental quietness 
that isn't a lack of busyness. That's the reason why he's going to say, mind your own business, work with your own hands. Is this, not, this is not about not being busy. This is about a quiet busy. You know what I mean? What about a quiet busy? It's like, I'm doing my work, a lot of good things. I feel really good internally. I don't need a whole lot right now. My mind is focused. It's clear. You know those few moments when that happens? <laughs> those rare moments when that happens? That quietness is a beautiful thing. It doesn't seem to need a whole lot. Um, it's more prepared to sort of give out in a good way. All right, so quietness of uh, a quiet life. Secondly, he says, mind your business. So it's really what he's doing is quiet life is the sort of And under that are, here's what it looks like to leave a, lead a quiet life. It's essentially, can you turn your attention now off of the drama, off of the conflicts, the mental stimulation, the attention? Could you turn your, your attention now more towards what is your business? You know, what does it mean to mind your business? You know? Uh, some of us have been told that in ways that were kind of harsh, <laughs> like mind your own business. And, and that's what it can feel like when we hear that. But that's not the spirit that Paul has here. It's not about uh, go away. It's instead about like very helpful, like tune into what is your work? You know, what is the thing that you have control of that you can produce tremendous fruit uh, through that if you will focus? Very positive spirit about this. It's not about go away, stop doing this, stop meta. It's it's like these these are the distractions. Let's let go of those because it's something really wonderful and powerful that is yours that God has given to you that you can you can do and only you can. You are the only version of yourself that exists on this earth, and so because of that, there's work for you to do that can be powerfully contributing to the whole. And that's what's on his mind, which is why he finishes the way he finishes, so that you won't be dependent on anybody, so that you'll have the respect of other people. Uh, what was happening is in his day, there were people that were not working uh, and not doing anything, and they were sort of freeloafing. They were just kind of floating around. What happens when you have a whole lot of excess time? <laughs> You're not busy. You know what happens. Many of us have been laid off and have not had, you know, been, been suddenly with all this time. And it is not good for our minds, is it? Uh, lots and lots, nothing to do is not good for any human. So if you are there and you're feeling like my mind is going down, I'm, I'm you know, there's, there's a lot of, I'm feeling more depressed, I'm feeling lower, I'm getting myself into other trouble. Don't feel, don't think, because when I'm, when there's nothing going on, I'm, you know, <laughs> this is the way I am. I should be able to just be perfectly normal when there's, when, when I'm not busy. No human can. We're not designed this way. <laughs> so grace to you. It is really tough. There is nothing for you to do or to contribute. Um, we're not designed to be that way. And so that's what was happening. People that didn't have jobs, people that were uh, many times widows and others who were just sort of not busy. And so what, what ends up happening is we need, if we're not working on our own thing, we're going to work on something else. <laughs> We're going to find ourselves distracted by stuff. We're going to watch daytime TV and get caught up in the dramas of daytime TV. We're going to get caught up in the news. We're going to get caught up in what uh, now. We're going to get caught up in all of these things if we're not focused on what is ours to do. What is ours to do, right? And what Paul believes is that even if you're laid off, even if you don't have anything going on right now, there is something you can do. There is something you can do. 
And doing that little thing will actually start to produce fruit in your life. So when he says, mind your business, it means focus in on what is yours that is only, that only you can do. Um, what is that only you can do? You know, like I, anybody can feed the poor, anybody can, you know, but it's the way you do it. It's the way you do it that is going to be unique to you. And so Paul says this instruction, lead a quiet life, mind your business, and work with your own hands. Um, I want to talk to you about three, I want to give you three stories real quick. These two of them are from clients of mine and one is from my own life. Um, this part where he says, work with your own hands, followed by this in, in this way, when you lead a quiet life, when you mind your business, when you work with your own hands, happens is then you're not dependent on others and you win the respect of others. Okay. That's the, that's, so this is, a, there's a lot in here to sort of get in our heads to make sense, sort of a logical flow here, but it's quiet life. What is quiet life? Mind your own business, work with your hands, right? So lead a quiet life, mind your business, work with your own hands so that you can win the respect of outsiders, not being dependent on anyone. Um, stories. First one is um, what I do a lot of, first of all, let me set it up. What I do with a lot of my clients is dealing with some kind of problem they have. And almost always when they communicate this, they have, there is both a sense of acknowledgement that there's something that I'm doing or that I need to do differently. And that's why I've come to you, Joel, you know, or in your, your gym as well as a coach. That's why I've come to you, Jim, because I've, I've got a problem. Um, often a bit of a victim message within these stories. Um, and even certain personality types that pride themselves on being very independent and strong, almost always there's an area of neglect where they still feel somewhat of a victim, even if they say, now I'm going to confront and, and go at the problem. There's still this mindset of somehow I'm the victim in this story. I'm the one who's something external to me. And, um, and this creates this sort of noisy internal life that produces a noisy external life. So I have one who's, um, who, when I talk with him, it's funny. He start off the conversation. I say, how are things going? Great. Things couldn't be any better. I'm thinking, well, where are we going to go from here then? If, if everything is great, I'm not sure why, why we're talking, but great. Everything is going wonderful. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Business is awesome. Our relationship is doing great. Um, things are wonderful. And then I say, oh, that's wow. Really cool. That's, and I celebrate with him. I'm like, great. If this is what this call is about, is celebrating with you. Yeah, man, let's celebrate. It's still like, um, Except there's one area that I, um, I, I, I might need your help with. And, and then it, it's, you know, this situation. And he describes the situation. And it's that he has a problem with his, his dad. His dad and his brother, and they split up. But now there's tension between the two of them. And even the business that's remaining that they still have to work out, it's always done with tension. And he gets angry and he confronts and he attacks and he does what he can to kind of deal with the situation. and it's dealt with. 
And this idea of leading a quiet life, minding your business and doing your work with your own hands comes up over and over again, because even in this story, I asked him, you told your dad what you really feel, that your heart is broken over this, that you want a relationship with him, but that the way he speaks to you is so painful that it pushes you away and causes an attack. Have you said those things to him? Have you said how much you really want to just have a relationship, a father and son relationship with him? And he stopped and said, <laughs> haven't done that. And all of that, he knows if he just deals with that piece of it, that the noise in his mind that is cluttering so much, admittedly telling me it's taken up a lot of space in his head, the noise within his own emotions that is oftentimes, are oftentimes being repressed, and then the noise that then is around him, right? Because if you don't deal with the noise in here, guess what? You will feel it. <laughs> we pick up on your noise, right? And you pick up on my noise. If I'm not dealing with mine, you know, you're picking up, you're feeling it. You know, you can feel it the moment I start speaking on a Sunday morning. If there's some clutter inside me, my tone will be, it will be different, right? All of those things come out and we create noise. And so it's the simple thing sometimes that is the most difficult thing. It's, oh, I got to do my work, don't I? I got to deal with what's mine. Like I'm trying to control everything else in this area and what I need this simple thing of just communicating the truth of what I feel. So hard to do. Right? Another story is a, um, a, a woman, a stay-at-home mom. And uh, she's got, you know, she's got this little freelance business she's doing on the side. And, um, but all kinds of emotional noise going on, all kinds of mental noise like i i don't know what i'm supposed i don't really like this i don't know if i really want to do this and and issues with her husband and issues with her kids sometimes and issues with the environment and people and and politics and all this stuff and literally all of this came up in one 30 minute conversation just all of it comes up and it's like whack the mole geez what do you want to deal with politics what do you want to deal with the weather what do you want to deal with your you know your husband, what do you do? It's like all these things. And in the end, what she realizes after a number of sessions is sort of sense and this desire to do something that I've been avoiding. Well, what is it? Well, here's what I want to do. I want to start this yoga practice. And I want to bring in this personality system, the Enneagram, together. I just really believe that this is going to to, this is this has changed my life. I want it to change the lives of other people. Okay. Well, guess what? She starts that after a few more sessions. It goes way back. And then she ends her sessions with me. I haven't talked with her since. <laughs> other than for her to tell me things are going really good. And I'm finding that even though it's a struggle, even though it has its challenges and 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 all that. I just feel so much better. And as a result, there's less noise. There's less noise in her mind. There's less noise in her soul. There's less noise in her environment because she was avoiding something. There's always an area, folks, that something else's business 
but ours. If you find yourself diving into politics, you find yourself diving into uh, into daytime TV, me in my case, like uh, UFC and who's pissed off at who and who wants to fight stuff. And I, I, I found myself getting caught up in that last week. Like, what am I doing? You know, and Conor McGregor got his butt kicked by, you know, Poirier. You know, that's, that's like all this stuff. Right. And Mario's really happy about that. And and like, you know, there's, there's it's it's interesting. It's there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like you shouldn't watch this stuff. You should. But I know when I've gone too far, it's like I'm watching too much of this and it's, what am I doing? What am I doing? And like, oh, I'm getting up in some other story, you know, and, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just recognizing I'm getting caught up because there's a distraction because it's this stuff that I'm, I'm really struggling with. So no shame on any of us. Just recognize how easily we get distracted and then return back. Right. So you come back. You just, okay, I went out here. Now, can I come back to the work that's mine to do? Right. You know, it's always difficult sometimes to discern even what is mine to do, right? And, and we can talk about that. But that's the, the sort of um, helpful direction is as we go out to think about coming back to what is mine to do. Third story is the, that's my personal one. It's a few years ago, I was busy with uh, so many things, you know, trying to grow the church, trying to make the church the kind of place that I thought would make me happy. And what I found myself always being caught up in is in the, the stories of the dramas that were happening within our, within our community, the conflicts. Um, and even though I disliked all of that, I was still caught up and couldn't seem to avoid them or get myself out. And then what I realized is it took me a few years and I realized that the area of neglect, surprisingly to me, didn't seem to have any correlation with this at all. And it was that I just didn't have enough limits in my life. I had no, very, almost no limits in my life. And I felt like the, the voice that to me, I interpreted as. I remember at a, it was at a camp, youth camp, and it was the last day of youth camp. Um, or the last day of, uh, it was a Friday. It was it, Saturday is the last day and we go home Friday. And I hear uh, speak on this on the Sabbath. And I walk out of that and I was just angry, just so angry. And I remember hearing God say to me so clearly, it was just this, this thought in my head that challenged me to the core of my being said, when are you start putting this into practice? And it was a simple message. It's like you and I knew instantly all of the information came to came all this all this like truth came rushing to my mind. You love the knowledge of and you love all of this stuff, but you're not putting any of it into any sort of actual physical practice. And I was so caught by that. Like I have lots of practices that are physical. I exercise. I not the ones that that's yours to do right now. And it was like, I want you to go. And so immediately I knew what it was. It was, I, I need to stop drinking alcohol right before bedtime. I didn't drink a lot, but I would drink, you know, a little bit of alcohol before bedtime. And relax me. And it affected my sleep. And I knew it affected my sleep, but I still was doing it. <laughs> and I was going to bed at all, whatever time I wanted to go to bed, eating big meals right before bedtime. All of this, like, 
doing whatever the heck I wanted to do when it came to this dimension, not taking care of financial issues, leaving that burden primarily on Patty, which she's still very good at, but still wanting anything to do in that space. I still struggle with all of these things that I mentioned to you, but I've made some improvements and the little improvements I've made in this area bear fruit. And whenever I do move in that direction in the right way, I don't have to be excellent at this dimension. I will never be great at this sort of space, but I will at least begin to improve in a way that doesn't create this excess noise that was happening in my life. And the moment I did, inner quietness come in. And it's interesting that when you mind your own business, the work is really boring. It's really mundane. It's really not exciting and thrilling and all of this. But the little that you do produces in your life. And that is something that for each of us, there's something that is on our plate for us to do. And it is almost a reflection of an area again where we're avoiding it thing that if we do produces this quietness in our lives that then causes us to begin to uh, uh, live a life of minding our business, doing our work with our own hands and, uh, and less dependent on others. And the dependency shows up in things like questions to consider, and I'll throw these out to you and then we'll be done. Questions to consider is do I believe that others and these, these questions that I'm providing to you are questions that are uh, sort of a, uh, something for you to evaluate, a, a way to evaluate, in, am, I, am I in some way neglecting some area and then shirking an area of responsibility and maybe putting it out onto others? So do I that others are somehow in my way? Do I believe that others are the cause of my emotional distress? I believe that people are too slow? Do I believe that people are withholding something from me? Do I believe that others are a threat? Do I believe that I'm alone? In other words, that people, people aren't with me um, and giving me what I need? Do I believe that I am not enough? Do I believe that I do not? Do I believe that I have to do everything and do it all well? The good news is you don't have to be immediately free of these beliefs. And surface them and take one small direction of if, imagining if this were not true, how would I live? So I want to leave that there for reflection um, for all of us. Um, and as we reflect on this during worship, please, if there's something that pops to you that you think, oh, yeah. It's an area that I can lean more into. Reclaim my, uh, what is mine to do, right? And, and, and begin to lean more into that. With this truth being in your minds, that there's only one version of you on this planet. You don't have to be amazing and significant. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be anything but whatever it is that's yours to do, there's only one version of you. This is why the Apostle Paul is saying, do your work, man, because there is something amazing that the rest of us will benefit from because you're an amazing human being. You're loved. 
God, you're gifted by God, you're loved by God. And so your love poured through your heart, doing your work with your own hands, it's gonna be such an awesome gift to so many other people. And so if you put that something in the chat, think, yeah, this is my work. This is my work. 